Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 23 of Revelation chapter 16. We're going to be reading verse 19. Revelation 16 and verse 19 says, And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And I'll stop reading there. Now we were discussing this last time. We saw that the great city that was divided into three parts is Babylon, um, which is also called the cities of the nations. It is the kingdom of Satan, and Satan rules over all the kingdoms of this world, over all the nations, all the unsaved, or he did, up until uh, Judgment Day came and he was defeated. But uh, at this point, this is describing the judgment of God upon the kingdom of Satan, Babylon, and the defeat of Satan and all of his armies, all of the unsafe people of the earth. And and so um, Babylon, we, we have seen in other places, uh, is said to have fallen, is fallen, and so the cities of the nations fell. The uh, great city was divided into three parts. One part are the true believers that are still living on the earth in the day of judgment. The other two parts are the unsafe people of the earth that are that number in the billions. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God. And that is uh, for her sins, her iniquities. And it is the time of her judgment. God uh, used Babylon, Satan and his kingdom, Satan and his emissaries to come against the churches and congregations of the world. And so the cup, in a sense, was given to Babylon for Babylon to give to the corporate church to drink. But now, as we saw in uh, Revelation 18, verse 6, God says, Give unto her the cup. And let me read that again, because... Uh, so easy to forget. Revelation 18.6, Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. In the cup which she has filled, fill to her double. So Babylon was instrumental in God meeting out the cup of his wrath to the churches. And now God says double the cup. Double what she had filled out, and and that was judgment to the third part, as Revelation chapter 8 goes into detail describing the judgment on the third part, meaning the judgment upon all Christendom, or the professed churches and congregations of the world, for the 23-year Great Tribulation period. But now, the Great Tribulation is concluded. It's May 21, 2011. 
the day of transition from judging the church to judging the world, and therefore give the cup that Babylon had in her hand and fill it double. And and that's because now the judgment is not only or exclusively upon the third part, but it is upon every unsaved individual in all the earth, including all the unsafe people within the churches and congregations. And and God typifies the unsaved with the number 666 or two-thirds. 666 is um, writing two-thirds really as a, as a decimal. And and, and so the two-thirds is double one-third. And we can then understand what God is saying concerning his judgment on the whole world uh, is double the judgment that was on the church using those figures or that breakdown of one-third, two-third. Well, um, then finally here in verse 19, it says to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And this language is familiar because we came across it back in Revelation 14. And in Revelation 14, verse 8, uh, let's notice again, it says there, and there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Now, that fits exactly with what we're reading in Revelation 16. And so we're certain of the context. Then look at verse 10 of Revelation 14. After the cry is made, Babylon is fallen, and it's repeated. It's doubled, indicating something that is certain and shortly to come to pass. And then in verse 10, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. So there it is. Babylon falls, and and uh, the reason is given. She made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, now it's her turn to drink. And there, there's been little question, uh, by many theologians that Revelation 14.10 and following is describing Judgment Day. It is the day of the Lord's wrath, the time of his furious anger. And, and it's in the context of Babylon's fall. And Babylon fell historically after 70 years, not during 70 years, during the 70 year period, they were triumphant. They, they were the great nation. During the, the great tribulation period, Babylon doesn't fall. No, Babylon is triumphant over the churches, over the congregation. Satan and his forces are winning because God has designed it uh, that way. The Lord has turned over the church to them to destroy. And it's only at the end of 70 years, Babylon falls in one night as the Medes and the Persians conquer it. And it's at the end of the Great Tribulation, Christ comes as a thief in the night, 
and Satan's kingdom is taken. And, and, and the judgment of God is upon Babylon. Now Babylon is to drink of the cup of the wine of the wrath of God. And, and, you know, we've also, uh, talked about what that points to as, um, for instance, we, we know when we search out the word cup in the Bible, that when it points to the wrath of God, um, that uh, we find spiritual judgments are in view. For instance, in Matthew 26, um, and at this point the Lord Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and Gethsemane means place of the press. I believe it has to do with olive press, but but it's the same idea where Christ was being pressed as he experienced the wrath of God. And it says in Matthew 26, in verse 38, Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. All right, so we see that Christ is exceeding sorrowful unto death, and he's in the garden of Gethsemane, the place of the press. He is beginning to experience the wrath of God. He's being punished a second time. Of course, he's not making payment for sins at this point, Payment was made from the foundation of the world, and God only requires payment for sin one time. So that was all the law demanded, uh, which was death for the wages of sin, that uh, for all those that Christ was dying for, and he made that payment as the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. But it was God's determinate counsel and will to send his dear son, the Lord Jesus Christ, already declared to be the son through his death and resurrection before this world was even created. And and so he came into the world, declared the son through the resurrection of the dead, and and he carried out the Father's will perfectly. And the suffering as the Bible speaks of Christ being under the wrath of God for three days and three nights, began in the Garden of Gethsemane Thursday evening, and and the wrath of God is upon him. And yet, any observer, anyone who would see the Lord Jesus as he fell on his face and prayed that the cup of God's wrath might pass from him, would have seen nothing else. They would have seen Christ on his knees in prayer. And they would not have seen thunderbolts or fire and brimstone or a sword um, from heaven uh, striking him. They would have seen none of those things because he was suffering a spiritual judgment, an unseen judgment. God's wrath was not visible upon him but it was certain, and Christ experienced the wrath of God. 
Now also, in uh, Jeremiah, we know that just as the Lord Jesus drank of the cup of God's wrath in a spiritual way, so too did the churches and congregations drink of the cup of God's wrath spiritually. And, and we read about this in Jeremiah 25. It says, beginning in verse 15 of Jeremiah chapter 25, For thus saith Jehovah, God of Israel unto me, Take the wine cup of this fury at my hand, and cause all the nations to whom I send thee to drink it. And they shall drink, and be moved, and be mad, because of the sword that I will send among them. Then took I the cup at Jehovah's hand, and made all the nations to drink, unto whom Jehovah had sent me, to wit, Jerusalem, and the cities of Judah, and the kings thereof, and the princes thereof, to make them a desolation, an astonishment, a hissing, and a curse, as it is this day. And then it continues describing various kings and nations. But let's let's go ahead to verse 28 of Jeremiah 25, and it says, And it shall be, if they refuse to take the cup of thine hand to drink, then shalt thou say unto them, Thus saith Jehovah of hosts, Ye shall certainly drink. For lo, I begin to bring evil on the city which is called by my name, and should ye be utterly unpunished, ye shall not be unpunished, for I will call for a sword upon all the inhabitants of the earth, saith Jehovah of hosts. And there we have God's end-time judgment program laid out before us. First, notice when when we read of the cup of the wrath of God, and, and God um, said to Jeremiah that, that all the nations would drink. Verse 18 started off with Jerusalem and the cities of Judah. And then God comments on that in verse uh, 29, For lo, I begin to bring evil on the city which is called by my name. Jerusalem, Judah, the people of God in the Old Testament, who represent and typify the people of God in the New Testament, the corporate church. Judgment begins at the house of God, 1 Peter 4, 17 tells us. And that statement just doesn't come out of thin air. That statement is right from this chapter in Jeremiah where God begins giving the cup of his wrath first to Jerusalem and the cities of Judah. It's uh, in keeping with what we read in Ezekiel chapter 9 where men go forth with slaughter weapons at the command of God. And it says in Ezekiel 9, Verse 4, And Jehovah said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. And to the others he said in mine hearing, Go ye after them through the city, and smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women, but 
Come not near any man upon whom is the mark, and begin at my sanctuary. Then they began at the ancient men which were before the house. Begin at my sanctuary is where the judgment starts. Judgment begins at the house of God. 1 Peter 4.17 And uh, here Jeremiah is the cup of wrath. And give it to the nations. To wit, Jerusalem and the cities of Judah. And then God says, For lo, I begin to bring evil on the city which is called by my name. And should ye be utterly unpunished? Speaking to the rest of the nations of the world, ye shall not be unpunished. For I will call for a sword upon all the inhabitants of the earth, saith Jehovah of hosts. And that's what God did in Revelation chapter 8. If you remember, um, uh, we, we won't read it all, but verse 11, And the name of the star is called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died of the waters, because they were made bitter. And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. And this is describing judgment on the third part, the church. Judgment began at the house of God it began on the city called by God's name. And then God says to the nations, Shall ye be utterly unpunished? No, he calls for a sword for all the nations of the world. Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. And then Revelation 9 and Revelation 10 and Revelation 11 are within those three woes. The judgments we read about there are for the world in the day of judgment. And and as judgment day came, May 21, 2011, it, it is the cup of wrath being transitioned from the church to the world. And the judgment on the churches, as they drank of that cup, and it's an identical cup, Jeremiah 25 uh, in in that chapter, God gives Jeremiah the cup for the nations. And, and then Jeremiah gives the cup given to him to Jerusalem first. And then, in order, to the nations. And we don't read that, that he gave a special cup to Jerusalem, a special cup to Judah. And then God said, all right, now put that cup over here and here's another cup. No. God didn't say that. It was the same cup of wrath. And the cup of wrath that God meted out and had uh, gave or, or did give to the churches and congregations was a cup of judgment, and it was a spiritual judgment. God speaks of not one stone being left upon another. He He speaks of the Spirit, of God coming out of the midst and Satan's spirit entering in 
Uh, he speaks of a desolation and uh, of making the churches and congregations a wilderness, a dry land and barren with no water. And uh, as we read there in Revelation 8, the third part of the sun was dark and the third part of the moon. The light of the gospel was put out within the churches and congregations. And yet none of it Not a single one of those statements was literal. The church buildings, its structures remain intact. Stones upon stones. And, and the, the wilderness and desolate land and dried up water. Well, how do you apply that to individual churches and congregations that are positioned on local street corners? It's all spiritual language to teach the main truth that God abandoned the church. He left them and his spirit came out from among them and in that action of God, the churches and congregations lost their most uh, valuable asset, the greatest blessing that they possessed, which was salvation. But during the 23-year judgment upon them, There was no salvation. God was not working to save in any church in the world, and rather Satan was working after the the workings of signs and wonders. They were evil operations of the devil that were being conducted within the church. The working of God in blessing his word unto salvation was not being performed. And that's the cup. That's the cup. And the cup that Christ drank of in the Garden of Gethsemane, which likewise was spiritual. Now, how do we determine what something means in the Bible? You have to look at how God uses the word. You have to look at how God uses it in other places and in other situations. And, and here we find this word cup of the wrath of God used in two of the greatest judgments, the most major judgments the Bible discusses with the judgment on the Lord Jesus in Gethsemane and the judgment on the corporate church. And in both cases, the cup of the wrath of God indicates a spiritual judgment. No physical judgment is involved. Christ did not physically suffer thunderbolts from heaven in the garden and the church did not physically suffer being torn down every church building in all the world so that not a single stone remained upon another but they were spiritual judgments that pointed to the the wrath of God and likewise when we read in this verse in Revelation 16:19 and as we read in Revelation 14.10, also about the cup of the wrath of God at the time of Babylon's fall, it can only be understood to mean a spiritual judgment takes place upon the inhabitants of the world. And that's uh, it in keeping. It goes along with, immediately after the tribulation, the sun is darkened, and the moon does not give uh, give her light, and so forth. And then God says in Mark thirteen twenty four that that occurs over a period of days. And Luke twenty one twenty five tells us 
that it's signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. And, and that's because it's spiritual, completely spiritual. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.